1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
2: I always lean into the idea that it's very utilitarian. So we have sticks, we have dispensers with rollerballs, we have click pens. Everything is extremely easy to use and on the go as well, because we originally always said that Milk Girls get ready quick, right? We have so many things going on. They're creative, they're ambitious, Mm -hmm. they live very fast-paced lives, the girl and the guy. And we wanted to create something, a line that they could use very quickly in the back of a cab, change their look five minutes, downtown to uptown, and something that, you know, worked really hard, but was kind of effortless to put on.
0: Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Beauty,
1: the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts,
0: Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast, everyone. If you've just discovered us, I'm your co-host, Jill Dunn, and I'm here with my trusty sidekick, Carlene Higgins. Hi. And we are two beauty editors turned podcasters reporting on the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. Today, we're broadcasting from New
1: York City with a founder episode where we're going deep on a quintessential New York brand that's
0: taken a new generation of makeup users by storm. We're sitting down with Milk Makeup co-founder, Zanna Roberts-Rossi, who's also the fashion editor at large for Mary Claire, and many of you will recognize her as an E! News fashion correspondent where she reports straight from the red carpet.
1: Milk Makeup was born out of the creativity and coolness of Milk Studios and the Meatpacking District right here in New York, home to glamorous photo shoots and fashion shows since the late 90s, which is why all of their products, they're really easy to use, but they never sleep on a trend.
0: Yeah, and this brand was founded in just 2016 and already like when Billie Eilish is accepting all of her Grammys. She's only wearing milk makeup. It's yeah. incredible the rise to success that this brand has had. And in today's episode, you'll find out the backstory behind the iconic Kush High Volume Mascara, the first mainstream makeup product to tout cannabis in its formula.
1: Now, what we do here at Breaking Beauty is we're going to take a few minutes to weigh in on the best selling product. If you guys want to skip ahead to hear Zana, go ahead and do that. So,
0: this is the Kush High Volume Mascara. It's 24 U.S. dollars, 32 Canadian. And it's actually hemp-derived cannabis seed oil. And so that's meant to have a conditioning effect in the mascara. But what I really like about it is that it is a fiber mascara. And so what that does, it adds teeny tiny little fibers to your actual lashes swipe by swipe, and that gives the building and that fanning effect on Mm -hmm. your lashes. Mm -hmm. So typically when you get a new mascara at home, um, this one is very weighty. It feels very luxe in your hand, like it feels heavy. Typically when you get a brand new mascara at home, you like open it up, you get that very satisfying like, (laughs) When you take it out, it's usually too wet. Like my Mm -hmm. friends and I always say like a mascara is perfect like two, three weeks in. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. So it's just like easier to apply when a little air gets at it and stuff. But what you'll notice right away with this one is that it feels drier upon application. And that's not because the product is dried out at all. It's just that it has these fibers built onto this cone-shaped brush. Mm-hmm. So it builds the lashes and the fibers themselves are like heart-shaped, which are different than their traditional fibers used in a lot of other formulas that are more straight up and down. So that kind of deposits in the center of the lash and helps it fan out. So well, Your
1: lashes are looking fluffy today.
0: Yeah, and I like that it's the fluff effect but not the spider effect and it also just washes right off at the end of the day. It's not stubborn to get rid of. So yeah. what about
1: you? What are you loving? Well, my favorite is the Hydro Grip Primer. I know that's another one of their best sellers and it. It's thirty dollars US and forty Canadian. I think Jill, you know that you've been trying for so long to sell me on primers, mm-hmm. and I just never, <laughs> I just never do it. Yeah, I'm lazy slash busy, and I also find a lot of them have silicone or feel like silicone. Right, and I just think. Somewhere in my head, I'm like, that can't be good for skin, right. and I just don't even like the layers, the cream layers. I like to layer my skincare, but right. not with different creams. Mm-hmm. And so, what I love about the Hydro Grip Primer is it's a gel formula, so it feels really refreshing when you put it on. It's got aloe water in it. It's got hyaluronic acid, so it's super hydrating. It has almost like a cooling effect, mm-hmm. and it does its job. Like I use the Milk Makeup Foundation, which is in a stick. I kind of go section by. Section over my face. And when I blend it in, it's really seamless and my pores are kind of disguised and it just, it's like a little bit dewy. Mm -hmm. I would definitely continue to use this one.
0: So with that little prelude, we're going to get into our interview with Zanna as she retraces the tale of how milk makeup came to be.
1: We'll also get real about the cannabis hype around the best selling Kush mascara. I mean, what does it actually do? Mm -hmm. Is it a gimmick? I know you guys want to know. Zanna's going to tell us her self-care secrets, plus the best red carpet beauty tip she's ever received. And we're going to get some exciting news about where the brand is going next. Welcome, Zanna Roberts-Rossi.
2: I am Zanna Roberts-Rossi, and I co-founded Milk Makeup.
1: Great. Yeah. Now you grew up in Manchester, UK, mm-hmm. and we can tell by your accent. <laughs> so tell us, tell us what it was like growing up there. What, what, what kind of kid were you? Oh my
2: gosh. I was a kid who, I was one of three girls. Mm-hmm. So I was the youngest who was constantly on my sister's case to like steal their clothes, steal their makeup, you know, all obsessed with everything about my mom's magazines. I was that kid in Manchester who was really into fashion, beauty, but it was kind of, it was the early 90s. So... I was, it was like the Hacienda days. It was a big music scene. There was lots of like the club scene. So I was really into like the bright eyeshadows, the big hairsprays. But I was, I was just a, a normal kid, a very traditional family. There was nothing yeah. kind of odd about us. We were just really lovely family. And I was very interested in the idea that Magazines existed and how people, what was this job, this job as an editor? Like, how mm. would people put in these things together to create pictures in magazines and the words that went
0: with it? And I was just always really, really interested in that. Did you have like Vogue covers on your wall, like Kate Moss pictures? Like, we did. Yes, I was totally obsessed with Kate, absolutely. Yeah. Like, as we all were at that yeah. point. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I read something that you used to have like bright red hair, like I did. before oh you were an editor, <laughs> but which is really hard to imagine because I feel like you You're such a quintessential blonde now.
2: It was, you know, it wasn't even a mistake. I did it and I really enjoyed it. But it was like a massacre every time I dyed my hair in the bathroom. (laughs) It was a disaster. (laughs) But you guys know, I mean, this was when I was a beauty assistant. Oh, okay. Mm. So you have a plethora, you have the best people in the world like, come into the salon. Come on, we're going to just, we'll try this thing on your hair. And oh my, I would try everything. So yeah. I had the red hair, I think I had blue hair at one point, point. and I was kind of a guinea pig for the beauty department, I think that was. <laughs> that and happens. I was, well, I was way up <laughs> for it as well. I mean, like I said, they were the best people in the industry.
1: Yeah. So tell us a story about those magazine days because they were so different back then, of course, than they are now. Do you is there an elaborate press trip you'll never forget or a moment like, you no.
0: Know. Yeah, is there a juicy moment? Like if you were writing the book about your mm. beauty editor days, Ooh. what story would go in there? Good question. Well,
2: first off, you mentioned trips. They were the most epic trips. I remember one Kara Stars trip and we were taken to Santorini. No, that was someone else. Oh my god, we used to get flown all around. No, it was Ravello in Italy. It was the most beautiful hotel, like the infinity pool. We are wined, we are dined, we are eating the most fine food. We have spa treatments. Like you look at the schedule and you're like basically it's like manicure, pedicure, ten minute <laughs> a ser- a seminar about the product. Yes. And then you can try all the ingredients, which are basically grapes. So we're literally drinking the wine. No, I mean private jets, yeah. the gifts. And um, being in beauty, you get the fashion gifts. So you'd end up with the Chanel bag when you arrive somewhere on the bed. And it was incredible the amount of money they pumped into it. And I was <laughs> the benefactor of maybe our beauty director didn't want to go. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go. And that was actually one of the first ones I went to New York. And that's how I kind of fell in love with New York. I remember that was actually interviewing Diana Ross for Mac when she did uh, the Viva Glam. wow! I remember going to the Carlisle Hotel, being completely wowed by this like uptown chicness of it all, the soft furnishings. And I sat opposite Diana Ross and John Dempsey was there as well. And, you know, I was asking her if it was my first big celebrity interview. So I think that really stood out for me as like this moment of, oh my gosh, I love my job. I love New York. The celebrity idea, this whole like makeup and how they're, the collaborations as well with celebrities were happening back then. And, yeah. yeah were the a lot of fragrances. Always, yeah. 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 And
1: were, were you nervous? Because you speak to so many celebrities now. Did you, did you have to like build that like a muscle?
2: A hundred percent. I yeah. was petrified that. I remember very clearly probably being up all night before I interviewed Diana Ross because she, I mean, she's a legend. But I was very, like you said, it's, it's a muscle, new practice. And I'm very one for... If I'm scared of something, I try and do it anyway, and just mm-hmm. really just keep practicing. You know, I practice my questions. I write them all down. I still do it today. Yeah. I have them all in my phone. If I look at any celebrity name in my phone, you'll probably find ten questions that I've asked to them.
0: Yeah. I
2: think it's it's important to practice. You know, you know. I don't think you're born with the ability to be a journalist and talk to celebrities, and yeah. you can always get better.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's intimidating. Like, I remember my first big one was Terry Hatcher. And it was her in the, what was was the show? Desperate Housewives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was like, it was her and then there was, four other people on the couch beside her and I felt like I felt like they were just waiting for me to say the wrong thing because you would hear those stories about Mm -hmm. sometimes there would be you know whoever it was and a journalist would ask something and get kicked out of the room you know those scary stories you're like that can't be me
2: I've definitely had the snap from a couple of people oh yeah it scares you yeah but that's all I think it's all character building and it's all experience and it just chalk it up and you're like Mm -hmm. okay keep going, keep going yeah especially if you're you know it's great if you're in those situations to interview them like you know that are set up by a brand, or yeah. it's an actual interview for TV. But sometimes, you know, the carpet interviews, and you're almost like, you're bombarding people, yeah. right? And sometimes it's not greeted with the most um, affectionate response. So you have to be able to handle that and manage that in the situation. But luckily, um, I'm pretty well known at this point in that world. So yeah, it's, it's nice. They trust you.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so I remember you sort of rose through the ranks at Mary Claire in the UK uh-huh. as a beauty editor. And I remember your story you did. And I don't know if it was in the UK or in the US when you eventually moved here to work on Mary Claire, but you were doing like almost like an undercover makeup <laughs> yes. artist. And I remember reading that and going, I hope everybody knows that this is what she's doing because it's such an intense like environment backstage. I can't
2: believe you read that. That was one of my, that's kind of when I figured out my voice as a beauty editor and a writer. Yeah, MAC, the good people at MAC, I had this crazy idea to go and basically do a whole fashion week in Paris as a MAC makeup artist. P.S. I cannot apply makeup. Oh, could not at that point. (laughs) And I remember they were so wonderful about Terry Barber and I were traveling around from show to show. The one of the highlights was being backstage at the Alexander McQueen show when Lee was around. I was putting fake eyelashes on like Erin O'Connor or someone. Mm -hmm. And I remembered like my hand was shaking so badly. And I basically demoted myself to go and apply strobe cream to people's legs as they were walking out because I was too nervous (laughs) to do anything else. But it was so much fun. And I really got this kind of buzz of how, I mean, how hard they all work. And you know, as a beauty editor, Mm -hmm. you're usually asking the questions. So you're that person who's like sticking the dictaphone in somebody's, dictaphone's back then, not, not an iPhone, in somebody's face and saying, you know, what's the inspiration? What's the trend? How are we doing right. this? But there's something in that, the takeaway, right? So you, I, I've always been interested in how to gather this information from the experts mm-hmm. and take it away and then disseminate
0: it back out to the, on audience, which is right. your job as an editor. Right, mm-hmm. and that was before social media. So you were really getting the behind-the-scenes scoop for that story. It was really eye-opening.
2: All that We were the only people doing it at that yeah. point, right? Yeah. So we are the only people giving away, like,
0: actually helping
2: people learn which color lipstick work for them, well, how to apply a foundation, yeah. what is a primer. You know, yeah. there's now today, thank goodness there's so many more, more um, outlets, but yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: The responsibility was there for sure. Yeah. And then so you mentioned you came to New York and you kind of fell in love mm-hmm. with this place. Mm-hmm. And you worked on a lot of photo shoots and that's what led you to Milk Studios. So tell us that story.
2: This so this is a fun one. I was actually shooting a beauty story here in New York and the photographer I was working with we'd just done a trip to the Hamptons and it was with Petra Nemkova at the time and we were doing a studio shoot as well and the photographer was like yeah we'll do a couple of days in the studio we'll shoot at Milk and I was like oh it's Mary Claire and it's the UK and uh, it's really expensive we don't think we can afford that we we're kind of scrappy at the time and Michael Williams the photographer is like no 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 I know I know the guy there it's fine we, we can get a good deal I'm like great okay cool So on the day of the shoot, we were doing this awesome, literally like racking through the shots. like So many great shots, this really good beauty story. And then I suddenly realized my photographer got missing. (laughs) Where is he? We have so many shots to do. We're on a time limit. I walked outside of the studio um, into the lobby area and there was my photographer playing like Xbox Mm -hmm. with this dude. And I'm like, what are you like? (laughs) <laughs> come on chop chop you know time is money all 24 year old 24-year-old sassy editor I was and then the guy he was with bounded over I was like hey how are you I'm Rossi I'm from Mill thanks so much for shooting here blah 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 long story short he's now my husband we have twin girls together and we co-founded Mill Makeup. I <laughs> love that story. What year was that? That was 2006. Oh
1: wow. Oh, yeah. Wow!
2: Yeah. yeah, It's crazy. Amazing nice.
1: and so what made you decide, the two of you, that, you know, because you're a beauty editor mm-hmm. and you see there are so many lines out there. So what made you decide that you needed to launch Milk Makeup?
2: Exactly that reason. You know, you see so many products come across your desk. You guys know, it's mm-hmm. saturated. Mm-hmm. So there, there was always the idea of if we were going to launch something, it had to be something that was totally unique, that didn't exist, and it had to be a white space. There was no point in doing anything that already exists. Mm-hmm. Cut to, if you've ever, if you've been to Milk, right? So yeah. Milk Studios is this creative community, right? It's a melting pot of artists, influencers, celebrities, musicians, photographers, editors, stylists, like the creative community that lives there. I and mean, it's kind of amazing just to hang out in the lobby area though or in the jam room or in the gallery. So Milk Makeup was really inspired by the people who live there, this mm-hmm, creative mm-hmm. community that wear makeup in such a, unique way you know, myself Rassi Georgie Greville and Diana Ruth are the other two co-founders and we would just sit in the lobby of Milk and watch people go by wearing the most incredible makeup like the assistant of the big editor right and she'd wear like a graphic eyeliner or the, the beautiful photographer's assistant who'd have like the big bushy eyebrows but the beautiful skin and the way that they wore makeup was just so interesting and it was so different And it was almost less about the looks that were being created in the studio. Mm -hmm. It was about the looks that were worn by the creative community around
0: Milk. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so when did you first have the idea? And then it was officially launched in 2016, is that right? 2016, yeah. So it was a
2: couple of two and a half years before that. I think, I mean, Rusty and I have been talking about Milk um, makeup line with Rusty when I was living in New York. Uh, Sorry, London. Oh, wow. So that was... Five years before that, mm-hmm. but the idea was really crystallized probably 2014. We went to Sephora in San Francisco with an idea, an amazing scissor reel, a great deck. We had so much passion and enthusiasm, zero product to speak of. Right, but Georgie, myself, and Rassi sat around the table, talked to the incredible people at Sephora, and. You know, the eyes lit up. They realized we were talking about something that didn't exist. And mm-hmm. it was it was a very Gen Z led brand. It was vegan. It was fresh. And it was something that they were just like, okay, if you guys can make this, mm-hmm. then we're in.
1: Wow.
0: So like swatch on scene. Sephora's just like Completely. Yeah. Get yeah. us everything stat.
2: Stat. <laughs> and then but we
0: didn't have anyone to make the product. I was just gonna say, what do you do then? They say <laughs> yes. You put all the work in, they say yes, and then you're like Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Let me tell you, that flight home was interesting. Right?
2: That's when we found the wizard that is Diana Ruth, who mm. is our COO and co-founder, but she creates all the products. Mm. She has an amazing background at Hard Candy, Bliss Cosmetics. She worked with Liam Fung for a long time. But she is just a creative genius, and she will never, ever create anything that already exists. She's mm. all about innovation, mm-hmm. ingredient that. stories, great componentry. Mm-hmm. So we we joined forces with her back then <laughs> I remember her first meeting with us we're all around the table going because like, we had a lot of ideas we had a lot of passion like <laughs> Rossi Georgie myself and is kind of just sat there staring at the three of us going oh my god this is going to be so interesting <laughs> <laughs> but she managed to take all this this energy these
0: ideas these thoughts and make them into tangible products mm-hmm. Yeah, I really think the interesting part about the packaging that sort of like push pop idea was and that mm-hmm. from yeah, the exactly. clear yeah. loose site and it's yeah. got the
1: milk it's very it's like a very modern font yeah exactly it's
2: very it's kind of transparent mm-hmm. as we are as a brand right you know? and everything about it I always lean into the idea that it's very utilitarian right mm-hmm. so we have sticks, we have dispensers with rollerballs, we have click pens. Everything is extremely easy to use and for on the go uh-huh. as well because we originally always said that Milk Girl's get ready quick, Mm -hmm. right? We have so many things going on. They're creative, they're ambitious, Mm -hmm. they live very fast-paced lives, the girl and the guy. And we wanted to create something, a line that they could use very quickly in the back of a cab, change Mm -hmm. their look five minutes, downtown to uptown. And something that, you know, worked really hard, but was kind of effortless to put on.
1: We wanted Mm -hmm. to
2: kind of rewrite all those, the things that were contradictions in terms, Mm -hmm. we wanted to rewrite. Why can't you get ready quick, but still have really Great payoff. Yeah. Why can't you have cool products that are actually still clean? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they can still be extremely low maintenance,
1: but yet high in tech. Mm-hmm.
0: Hi, I'm Heather McMahon. I'm an actress, comedian, living at home with my mother. On the Absolutely Not podcast, we'll laugh, we'll cry, we'll probably prank phone call our ex-boyfriends because honestly, they were the worst. The thing that makes our podcast different is I get to hear directly from you. You can always pick up the phone and catch us on the Absolutely Not line. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a message, but of course, only if it's a nice one. Tune in to the Absolutely Not podcast, and I'll see you soon.
1: Now, having said all that, I feel like the product that's made the most headlines Mm -hmm. is the Kush mascara. (laughs) Are you wearing it right now? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so, is this your number one bestseller now?
2: So our number one bestseller, it's won twelve awards. We cannot keep it on the shelves. Yeah. It truly is. And everything about it is so innovative. You know, even the packaging. That the packaging that we're looking at right here now, mm-hmm. it's silver, it's heavyweight, it's kinda like a bullet feel. This was made in a luxury car factory in Italy. I can't say the name. Oh, <laughs> but <Bikini. wow. laughs> <laughs> it took hundred and fifty iterations okay. wow. for them to get this right. Like that's how intense it was. Mm-hmm. It also has a puff puff brush. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, another pun, but it has this tree cross brush. Mm -hmm. So from the base to the top, when you wiggle, wiggle, wiggle on the bottom and pull it up, it creates this clump-free finish. Right.
1: Now, this mascara has gotten a lot of headlines. Mm -hmm. A lot of people refer to Kush mascara as cannabis mascara. So let's get it on the record. Mm -hmm. Is it hemp? Is it CBD? (laughs) What exactly is it? And what are the proven benefits? Okay. So it's conditioning hemp-derived cannabis seed oil. Okay.
2: And it's non-psychoactive. I cannot <laughs> stress that enough.
1: And some of those headlines talk about, you know, the language around, obviously you've played with some puns, mm-hmm. like with the 420 and the puff puff brush and yep. one hit for high volume. And some people have said, you know, that's kind of glamorizing drug culture. How, how would you respond to that?
2: Well, I think there's, there's an element of the drug culture, which is very beneficial in the fact that how many brands now use CBD oil in mm-hmm. their products. And mm-hmm. like we were just talking before about the benefits of CBD oil for health, Mm -hmm. CBD oil to numb the pain of a high heel. Mm -hmm. Like we are not glorifying anyway, but it's a very real beneficial quality. Mm -hmm. And then we absolutely want to use that and champion that. And if it helps in
0: makeup, then why wouldn't we use it? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, so Zanov, we've talked about the makeup. It's such a runaway hit with the push-up pops. And now you guys are venturing into skincare. So tell us about that and the offerings that you guys now have. Yes, we
2: have. We just launched Vegan Milk Moisturizer. So we are obviously called Milk Makeup. We're a vegan brand. So the irony in that. (laughs) So we say moisturize the milk way. And it's an incredible vegan moisturizer that contains four different milks desert milk which is trademarked so it's basically if you think of all the plants in a desert there's extracts from this so they 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 survive in arid temperatures so you can imagine how moisturizing that is in itself Uh, fig milk which Mm -hmm. is super softening oat milk which calms and argan milk which protects so the combination of all four mixed together is this super delicious nourishing moisturizer that is actually my holy grail and it's fragrance free paraben free uh, super nourishing as I said so you can use it on sensitive skins as well which is so important. Yeah,
0: mm. it's it's really the texture of it it feels very luxurious like I like to use it at night
2: like yes, it, it yes. feels like
0: your it's your skin can really drink it in
2: yeah it's a lovely it's almost like that night mask and yeah. then you wake up in the morning with it much fresher mm-hmm. I also apply it to damper skin in the morning right. after the shower because then it really it does obviously absorb much better on warmer damp skin right mm-hmm. and and applying the upward motion which is
0: also good for because you don't want to be dragging it down yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you guys also that was in December and now you have the cleanser that kind of mm-hmm. goes along with it right yes which contains exactly the same milk so mm-hmm. it's
2: super nourishing it doesn't leave it dry no sulfates so it doesn't leave that squeaky horrible dry skin right. and it's got that great milky formula so you can pop it on and then have fun taking. yeah it off. i
0: really find that the lather is like rich like when i tried it it's like it's taking every all the makeup off too it really works as a great i've t- used it as an eye makeup remover yeah, as well i at, try that's yeah. my ultimate test Good. yeah it's <laughs> like <laughs> you have to put it around the eyes and it gets everything off it's like yeah. okay passes the passes that test and
2: because it's fragrance free as well it's yeah. non chlorine and it doesn't obviously irritate in any mm-hmm, way okay. i try Tried the moisturizer on my kids. We had so much fun with it. And they're five and they break out with anything. Yeah. Um, and they were totally fine with it. So that's kind of my test. Yeah.
1: I think it's great because it does, obviously, the whole line targets Gen Z, but it's fragrance free because mm-hmm. usually when mm-hmm. products are sort of trying to capture that market, they're like, let's make it smell like candy and unicorns. Yeah. And, you know, it's not great for skin.
2: It's not great at all. Yeah. I mean, I, me personally, I cannot go near anything with a fragrance. And, you know, if we've tried the best in the business, mm-hmm. the most wonderful ultra rich creams, mm-hmm. but we've got a slight fragrance in them, complete breakout.
1: We understand that Amore Pacific is a partner mm-hmm. to the brand now. Yes, indeed. So is that skincare prowess coming to the fore? Are you sharing... Mm-hmm technologies and knowledge are not so much Uh, that's that's a big south South korean brand
2: yes yes they are the best the biggest in uh, korea and they're incredible partners and we look forward to doing a lot more with them yeah Yeah, they're known for their incredible next level innovation when it comes Mm -hmm. to skincare so Mm -hmm. yeah we can't wait to trade some
0: secrets (laughs) that's cool so it's like a partnership then or okay interesting
1: and is there anything you can reveal in terms of what's next?
0: The Cush family
2: was uh, was launched on 420 mm-hmm. and there will be something else oh. coming out this 420. Okay. okay. can't share just right now, but okay. yeah, but we will be doing something
0: big on 420 for okay. the Cush family. We'll look out for that. Very cool. It's really hard to believe that this brand is not even five years old since this, you know, milk entered the space. So looking back, what's been the hardest part of launching a beauty brand for you?
2: the need the desire to do want to do so much but then obviously it has to be done step by step and then there's a certain amount of financials and then there's I think you know the idea of and also finding great people and keeping great people mm-hmm. and the high, like that's it's so important to us to, to keep this right community around everyone who works at Milk and you know that's that's a big part of it and then the innovation and always been ahead of the curve never doing anything that already exists there's just so many things that go into building a makeup brand, you know, and I think so many people don't realize the amount of graft and the people and the passion that go into every single step of it.
0: Right. And doing it with your partner mm-hmm. as well. I'm sure that that is it comes with its <laughs> own like set of boundaries around <laughs> it that. Does, it yeah. does.
2: Absolutely. I think in the beginning they weren't they didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And that when we launched, we had two little we had twi- we have twin girls and they were one and a half. And launching a makeup line is no joke, especially Mm -hmm. when you're doing it with Sephora and we were ambitious from the get-go. It wasn't a small couple of SKUs. We launched with like 82 SKUs. Wow. And... You know the the idea of launching with your partner and like you know being in the shower talking about budgets or marketing ideas <laughs> or every time you're in the car with someone like coming up with something else or staffing like that's not a sexy conversation. <laughs> so we we literally agreed to have like one meeting a week where we talk about all this and we really try and not bring it home unless yeah. it's the fun stuff. Yeah, you know. Fine. But yeah, also you know Georgie fine. and Diana, who two of our co-founders, when we launched, they had kids. So between us, we had five kids under the age of three. when we launched Mm -hmm. and you see a lot of the you know a lot of the the product benefits and the product values are because of that like getting ready quick Mm -hmm. we did not have time to for a 22 minute process in the morning we had minus seven minutes right so everything is quick to use on the go Mm -hmm. the fact that we're clean we wanted our kids to be able to play with us the stuff and not get not worry about them breaking out right Yeah. yeah
1: ultimately you're the you're the number one tester you're going to sure. do it first.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah.
1: yeah. And so how do you balance it all? Because you've got <laughs> twins and you've got your correspondent duties yeah. and you're still an editor at large and you're running a company. How Do you, do you have any self-care secrets? Uh,
2: self-care secrets?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I've just come back from a few days away, so I feel really fresh now. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I feel great. I can do it all. Um, probably taking a minute, right? Yeah. So taking those weekends and trying to turn off and... Mm-hmm use a different part of your brain be with the kids run outside Mm -hmm. take your shoes off like be with nature Mm -hmm. that's something I'm only just realizing is so important Mm -hmm. and I just we just keep going and going and going we're actually renovating a house and I think that's been (laughs) it's been psychologically really good for both of us because we switch off from any of this and we're really focusing on Paint yeah, I'm picking out paint. Titles. And we can argue about something else now. Yeah. It's great.
0: <laughs> the funnest. And where's your, where's your house? Is it upstate? upstate, oh, upstate oh, wow. Yeah. So fun.
2: Upstate New York. Yeah, it's so great. Good. And it's
0: for the kids as well. And, yeah. you know, for
2: us. And you know, the drive itself, you know, those two hours, I think, getting the family in the car, it's really, it's precious time. And it's where you really communicate. And you, I don't think you can underestimate the conversations mm-hmm. you have in a car with kids. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. And we all decompress. We get there. I spend two days and then travel back and feel pretty much refreshed. That's good. Yeah, yeah. that's good.
0: What about some plain t- beauty travel hacks? I feel like you basically live on a plane. I live on a plane. I do. I spend way too much time on a plane.
2: I am big on oils on planes. Mm-hmm. No mists because I t- feel they just dry you out mm-hmm. even more. Um, so big on, I love uh, sunshine oil. It was one of our OG SKUs and it's mm. really great. Seven okay. essential oils in it. Obviously a big... Uh, Wiper of everything. <laughs> I Take two blankets. I wear always wear a hoodie on the plane, yeah, to, so the head doesn't touch the seat. Mm-hmm. Or have two blankets, so one underneath, one on top. I. What else do I do on planes? Always put the window down because you don't want those UV filters coming through that
0: plane mm-hmm, window
2: mm-hmm. I do a lot of videos on planes <laughs> I see my makeup videos on planes yeah yeah I think and the hydration is now I love the idea of the vegan milk moisturizer mm-hmm. we have it in a baby
0: one okay so I just take that with me. yeah as well. so smart
1: now you have 160,000 followers over that on Instagram and you have your own hashtag I feel like that's such a status symbol in itself these
2: days <laughs> Yours is, it, is, is that it? Did I make it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yours is uh, commuter beauty with Zana. Yes. So tell us how this kind of took off, and was there one in particular that got you know the most response?
2: Yeah, it's it was actually the first one I did. Yeah. So we just launched Milk Makeup. I had landed in LA and had to go straight to a meeting, out of pure necessity, picked up my phone and to do my makeup used it, flipped it, so used obviously the the camera as a mirror, which was novel four years ago, guys, <laughs> and then had it in time lapse. So I just did my entire makeup face. So it was the brows, the skin, the cheek, the lip, the, the lashes. And then I thought, oh, that's fun. Let's pop it on Instagram. I mean, I basically went from rough to okay-ish. It wasn't like <laughs> some massive transformation that you can see on Instagram today for most people. And then I posted it and went in a meeting, came out of the meeting, and it was like 100,000 views, which was a lot by then because it probably only had like 50,000 followers. And then in five minutes, it was up to 200,000, 300,000, wow. 1 million, 2 million. I think like today it's like 3.9 million or something. Wow. It was just went viral. And it was one of those first quick time, quick time-lapsed mm-hmm. makeup videos that was a transformation. Yeah. So I started doing more and more of them. And Obviously it was the way I lived. There was it was very authentic. It was a real, very real need. It was a necessity, not me pretending to be putting mm-hmm. on this fancy right. look of makeup. And it just resonated. So I started doing more and more of them. And then I started doing some um, interviews with celebrities. So about their beauty routines in the backs
0: of cars, which smart. really took
2: off. Yeah. That's
0: yeah, so smart. Can I just say it's the most British thing ever to say going I went from rough to okay.
1: Rough to okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like, I've,
0: and I feel like British women know how to do the back of the taxi. Yes,
2: we do. Thing.
0: It's just like so synonymous with getting ready or commuting it's, and getting ready.
2: There's something about British girls, and I love it. And I'm still. There's we're not scrappy, and I want to say that, but there's something a little less done. Right. Right. It's like for me coming here, I never would have had manicures. I wouldn't have had the blow dry, like the blow dry, not the blow out. But then, you know, you learn to polish. But American women are more polished. Well, Mm. they used to be. Mm -hmm. I think probably now. Like most things, all these amazing, like the cheaper manicure, the blowout started mm-hmm. in New York and right. now obviously it's transported over there.
0: What's one of the best red carpet beauty tips that you've ever received that you still use today? Whether you use it on yourself to look great on the red carpet or you know that everybody does it behind the scenes. Uh CBD oil. On the, mm. mm-hmm. mm.
1: on the feet on the feet on the feet you explain. know how
2: painful mm. shoes can be um, and it was actually something Michelle Williams <laughs> told me about it CBD oil it, it numbs the pain of the feet so you oh. can wear high heels all day and all night long okay have you put it to the test yeah Lord Jones is a great one I've okay. used it a lot yeah
1: okay yeah, so many celebrity fans of that brand yeah it's a good one Now, speaking of advice, you have two twin daughters. What's the beauty advice you hope to pass along to them?
2: Be yourself. Mm -hmm. Be yourself. Smile. Keep, you know, I think it's very much about whoever they want to be. It's about self-expression. It's those things that we've always championed at Mel Makeup, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to cover yourself up and be someone else. And you can be whoever you want to be on any given day. Mm -hmm. And I really want to instill that in them and that there's zero pressure around beauty
0: around us. Mm-hmm. you're kind of doing it all like we made mention of you're running a business you're editor at large fashion correspondent on tv you've done glam masters i believe you've <laughs> yes. done project runway what are you doing next is there any tv projects on the work in the works or any other series or anything you can um, tease there's
2: one in the works that i can't really talk about right now okay yeah there's a tv project in the works which is super exciting mm-hmm. and i'm still with e and we're still doing all our carpet stuff and e news is now over here as well in new york which is so much fun so we have pop of the morning and E! News, now from Rockefeller, where okay. was used to always be in L.A. Right. But there's so many fun, exciting, we, li- we live in this wonderful field of yes, and I think if you work hard, you know your stuff, and you, you know, you can really get anywhere in this town as well, yeah. and I, I love
1: that idea. We actually have a little bit of extra time, so I think we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire. Okay, oh, great. So why don't you tell us what's the latest book you've read? Mother of Twins with 75 Jobs. What was the
2: latest book? <laughs> I, I'm a mom too, and oh, I feel you. You know, you know, it's a really good mum book then, because I read it this weekend. <laughs> if I have to tell you one more time, and it's a book about parenting. Okay. I forget the name of the author. This is terrible. I remember it. But Google this book. It's so good. It's very, very good advice for parents. You know, when you find yourself like shoving cereal down their neck in the morning right. or like shouting at them, you don't, I don't never want to be that mom. I ne- I've never, ever want to be that mom. So it kind of gives you this this guide of the parent that you might want to be because you never really
0: see that, right? Right. But it's a really good book. Okay. It was a long-winded answer. Good one. What about what you've binged on Netflix recently?
2: It wasn't Netflix. It was Apple and it was The Morning Show.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm. So good. So
2: good. I was in a crime when it was over. I was like, I need seven more episodes. Yeah,
0: I know. We need to binge. We need more. We need more. Now,
1: you're pretty entrenched in the fashion scene. What's your most treasured? object in your closet and is there a story behind it?
2: I have a really great Burberry leather jacket. It was one of my first buys, as buys gets maybe, <laughs> but it's, it's the ultimate biker jacket and it's been around the world with me it tells so many stories it's been out late at night it's literally traveled everywhere with me if I ever lost that I would be devastated
1: mm. devastated that's the beauty of a biker jacket the more worn in it gets exactly. just the better it gets the more exactly. stories
0: it has to there's, tell Yeah, <laughs>
2: a, and a, a lot of pockets in there so every time I put it on there's something from another
0: time and <laughs> <laughs> like oh about four, four years ago and you're
2: like oh look at that ticket oh
1: look at that slip bomb what was that yeah I've actually tried on motorcycle jackets in consignment stores and vintage stores and found stuff in the pod. <laughs> like, where's this lighter been? Exactly. Yeah. If only those lights could tell it. Yeah.
0: What about the best place to go for a facial in New York or LA? What's your fave? Facial.
2: Where did I go for a recent facial? See how little I do, guys? <laughs> no, I do my own. I'm very... Too busy. I'm, I'm very DIY. Yeah. I do love my own. I've been using the Tatcha masks as well at home, which okay. I really love. There is... I seriously have not been for a facial probably a year. Yeah. So
0: I don't know. What okay. about your hair? I feel like your hair is
2: signature. I yeah. I'm, I mean, it's, I'm it's the, very bright blonde, guys. You can't see it. Black hair. Mm-hmm. I never used to be this bright and I never didn't do the double process. But my incredible hairstylist, Sean Gallagher at uh, Serge Nomont, mm-hmm. John Frieda Serge Nermont in Chelsea, long suffering. I've been going there for, since I moved to New York, so 12 years. Yeah. But I swear by, you know, Christoph Robin. Mm -hmm. amazing Mm -hmm. are their products their masks their shampoos you know that they're just clean there's no sulfates they don't even foam the shampoos yeah they leave what should be very chemically cut hair Mm -hmm. in okay condition
1: yeah (laughs) that's great and is there someone who you like to follow on instagram (gasps) so many people oh who inspires you or makes you laugh
2: I like the Brits. I love Alexa Chung. I love Fern Cotton. I don't know if you watch Uh her. Billy Piper. There's something very self-deprecating about them. And the humor is is just great. Yeah. Yeah. So good.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thank you so so much. Thank you, girls. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing what's next.
1: I'm